Thank you for being here today, and uh, those that are online, I know we have some that are traveling today, so we will pray that they have safe uh, traveling mercies. Uh, last week, we, were, we spoke out of 1 Peter 3, and we talked about the ingredients for a successful life. And we talked about it, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, if you would put that on the screen, please. Uh, it says, finally, all of you should be of one mind, that we should all think the same, not that all of us do think the same, but that we should have this one attitude in unison, that we, are, that we sympathize with one another, that we love one another as brothers and sisters. Now, how many have siblings? How many know that one of the greatest things that you can do with a sibling is fight? Isn't it great? I mean, I, I was standing in the, when I was a kid, I was standing in the kitchen and my brother walked by and to this day, I still think it said right on his forehead, slap me. So I obliged. But you will do anything for your family. And, and, and the focus that Peter has is that, that if you don't have these ingredients, that you, if you're not sympathetic, if you're not caring for others, if you're not focused on loving people as family, if you're not compassionate, and if you don't have a humble attitude, if you're missing those ingredients, you will not live a successful Christian life. It's imperative that, that all of us have that. And then in verse 9, he goes on to talk about how to put these ingredients into action. He says, don't repay evil for evil. Isn't that amazing? Don't most of us? One eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. See, there's really three ways that, that, that we can demonstrate our attitude or our actions. It's we can, we can repay good with evil. That's what the devil does. We can repay evil with evil or good for good. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. That, that seems to be the main philosophy of humanity is that justice in our own eyes and yet here Christ comes and he gives us this third repay evil with good isn't that amazing that it goes against the very grain of our human character after all when you're driving down the road and you're stuck in traffic and you're just sitting there and you look out your side mirror and you see somebody going down the shoulder, don't you want to pull over? Because it's righteous. It's the thing to do. Because vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, but I am his instrument that he is using. We want people to act right and to do right. It's just the human nature. And yet, here's Christ. And he comes and he says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn the other cheek. 
If somebody wants your coat, give them your, your shirt as well. If they want you to walk a mile, walk too. If they despitefully use you, pray for them, bless them. Isn't that amazing? Not to repay evil with evil or insult for insult. Because here's the thing. All of those ingredients that we found in, in, in verse 1 about being sympathetic and compassionate and loving and being humble, and in all of those ingredients, if you don't have them, are you ready for this? You will not pay or repay evil with good. It, it is not in the human DNA to repay evil with good. It takes the qualities of Christ in us to truly repay evil with good. You can't do what is asked without the, with those ingredients. No one wants to turn the other cheek. It was the disciples when, when Jesus was talking about forgiveness and he said well, well Lord the, 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 it says we're supposed to be giving uh, forgiven seven times and he said how many times should we forgive and he said 70 times seven so uh, most of us think 490 times we're waiting for the 491 See, it's, it's the mentality, it's the understanding, it's something in us that wants to retaliate, that wants to be able to demonstrate our desire in our thoughts, in our opinions. We don't necessarily turn the other cheek when we're walking in our own spirit. They're attributes of the Holy Spirit. These, these are formed in us as we surrender to the Spirit. Those three ways to pay evil for good, evil for evil, good for good, and good for evil. That good for evil. And Paul encourages us, or Peter rather, encourages us to not lose our blessing. Look what he says. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do. You say, well, I want to know what the calling of God is in my life. Here it is. Repay evil with good. And you can't do it in your own spirit. That is what God has called each and every one of us to do. Have you ever wondered why there are so many irritating people in your life? Could it be, just could it be that God is trying to give you opportunity to receive a blessing by being a blessing? He will grant you his blessing. What blessing is he talking about? Certainly he's talking about our eternal reward. And if you look at scripture, uh, though all of us will inherit the kingdom of God, there are distinctions in the amount of blessing each person will receive when you get to heaven. There's degrees of reward in heaven and degrees of punishment in, in hell. Uh, but that is part of what he is talking about. But there is absolute blessing here in life, in this life. 
when we learn to be a blessing. This is, what, this is what he goes on. Peter gives us the way to bless and to be a blessing. Look what, look what the next verse says. For the scripture says, now this is taken directly out of Psalm 34. If you want to enjoy life, how many want to enjoy life? How many want to just have a miserable existence? How many just want to walk out of here thinking, oh my, life is so bad. We want a good life. If you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, happy days, not sad days, not tumultuous days, but happy days. Peter is giving us the prescription that if you really want to have a good life, if you want a blessing here in this life, if you really want to see some happy days, if you want to enjoy life to its fullest, number one, he said, whoever. That means any of us can do it. You say, well, I, I can't do it. It's just not my lot in life. That's not what the scripture says. He says, if you want, that means anybody, you can have happy days, you can have a good life but it's not just going to come your way you have to work for it he said if you want to do this here's the number one thing are you ready I know you've already read ahead because you guys are really smart keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies Number one on the list, if you want to have a good life, if you want to enjoy good days, learn to be quiet. Shut your mouth. Zip it. Loose lips sink ships. Isn't that amazing? You have to love life. Here's, here, here's the amazing, before we actually get into that, look what he says. If you want to enjoy life, if you desire it, I know many people that would rather have a miserable life. They enjoy misery, gloom, despair, and agony of me, deep down depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have. There we go. I knew you guys knew scripture. Peter said, whoever. But it has to be a full-time commitment. I love the, the pastor that was talking, and he said uh, it, he didn't realize that some of the, the people in his church were only part-time Christians. And he called one of them up, and evidently it was her day off. <laughs> if you want it, if you desire it, if you passionately pursue it, it's not just going to come to you. You're going to have to work for good days and a happy life. You have to love life and seek good days. Our heart's desire has to be a passionate one a passionate desire to live life 
of spiritual and emotional tranquility. Don't you love that? Wouldn't you love to have a spiritual life that is just peace? Goodness has to be sought for. It's an intentional action on our part that if you have these ingredients, you have to start mixing them together and you have to put them together with the circumstances in life and you have to pursue, intentionally pursue, that when you are... when you are evilly spoken of or if something happens in your life you don't repay evil with evil but you bless those that despitefully use you and it's a choice and here's Peter he's saying the very first thing that we have to do is control our tongue because sometimes when we see things that are in injustice our very first response is to speak up James tells us that the tongue is an evil that can bless and curse in the same breath. Isn't it amazing that the blessings of life and good days are found in our tongue? This is what Proverbs 15:4 says. Gentle words bring life and health. A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. A gentle word. I remember years ago before I became a little bit smarter. I, I would, every once in a while I'd be in an irritated mood and I'd want to pick a fight with my wife. And Nancy was really smart. She would always have a kind word. She'd say, I'd, I'd tell her, that's not right. She'd say, you know what, it's not. It took all the fight out of me. It was no fun. So I quit. A gentle word brings life and health. When somebody is down, just a kind word, a a considerate word. When you're you're speaking life and hope, because the power of life and death, the scripture tells us in Proverbs 18, 21, the tongue has power of life and, the, and death within it. We can speak life into somebody. We can crush their spirit. It's up to us. Our words, your words, have so much authority and power on other people. You have the power to build up or destroy. In 1899, there were four four reporters in in Denver, Colorado, and they were looking for a scoop, the latest and greatest scoop. They had to have a a headline for the next uh, day, and there was nothing going on. And there was four different newspapers, and they were from four different papers within Denver. And, and, and they were sitting at the train station, and they were sitting there thinking, ah, man, I wonder if somebody that's well-known or somebody that's going to come in that we could get a scoop. And the only person that was there was this engineer. And, and by chance, these four reporters began to talk amongst themselves and they and this this young engineer came by and he they said well where are you heading he said well i'm actually going to to uh, china because part of the great wall needs to be uh, repaired and i'm and 
they've asked us to come and help repair it. So these four reporters get together, and they said, well, I don't know. Do you guys have any idea for a story? And they decided to concoct, fabricate a story based on this engineer that they were going over, that, that the U.S. was sending people to take down the Great Wall of China because Peking wanted to demonstrate that they wanted open borders of trade. So they fabricate the story. They put it in the newspapers. Everybody reads it. In fact, everybody, not just in Denver, but the East Coast got a hold of it. And before long, that, that lie that they had created spread around the entire world. There were a group in China that didn't like it. And in that same year, a few months later, a group in China that was against free trade burnt some embassies and killed hundreds of missionaries in the Boxer Rebellion. And many a tribute, if not in part, in full, to this one story that happened months before in Denver, Colorado because somebody wanted a scoop. Isn't the power of our tongue amazing? See, your words either bless people or they hurt people. It's just like Christianity. There's no middle of the road. There's no, there's no straddling the fence. You're either moving toward God or you're moving away from God. And our words either bless people or they hurt people. You can't have neutral language. Words either build up or tear down. They're either going to go forward or they're going to regress. You're either speaking life or you're speaking death. Proverbs 21, 23 says this. I love, and, and I, I picked this version because I just like the way it's worded. Proverbs 21, 23 in the in New Living Translation, it says, if you keep your mouth shut, you'll stay out of trouble. Isn't that a great verse? I was thinking about Job's friends during that. Here's Job. Job's going, you know, wealthiest man around. Just in one day, he loses all of his, all of his livestock. He loses his family. The only thing that he has is his wife, and she's just nagging him. I mean, she was a work. And here's his friends come by, and his friends look at his state of life. And they begin to ask Job, what did you do wrong? What's wrong with you? You need to repent. And God himself reproved his friends. Why? Because they made a judgment on the outside 
looking at the circumstances. You see, but they didn't know the story where, where the devil had come to God and God said, had you considered my servant Job? They had no idea what was really going on. They spoke without having all knowledge. They spoke without wisdom. They spoke without understanding. That's why the scripture tells us that we have to not speak our mind because most of the time we really just don't know what's going on in a person's life. Even that person, Job didn't understand what was going on in his life. Are you with me? It's not our responsibility to point and to define. It is our responsibility to lift up, to encourage, to edify, to strengthen, to glorify God and to bless those around us. The Bible tells us that we can speak the truth of the gospel in love, Ephesians 4.15, for what we know is true. What we know about the whole story is that Christ died for our sins. How did his blood pardon our sins? Do we know the scientific method? Because you can always follow science, right? We may not be able to understand how, but we know why. Because God loves us. To those things we can speak. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. We can speak those things. But when it comes to those around us, when it comes to circumstances in your life, or in somebody else's life, we are to bless and to strengthen and to encourage. We are to do all things with grace. Scripture says in 1 Corinthians 14, 13, it says this, 14, 3, but he that prophesies speaks to men to edification, to exhortation, and to comfort. In other words, if it doesn't build up, if it doesn't strengthen, if it doesn't encourage, then we shouldn't. That's the way the Lord speaks to us. It's not that prophecy is not foretelling the future. It's 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 speaking in in a sermon. It's speaking to others. It needs to build up. It needs to encourage. It needs to comfort. It needs to lift those around us that they too can have hope and faith and, and create an opportunity to enjoy life to its fullest. I read a, a, a true story this week, and, it, and it's just an amazing story. Uh, it's about a man, he was, he, the whole time he was a child, his dad was verbally abusive to him belittled him always always was trying to put him down and the one phrase that his dad used all the time 
was, son, you are so worthless. You are worth less than a thin dime. Can you imagine thinking your whole life that your dad said, you're not even worth one thin dime. This young man grew up thinking he was worthless. Got into trouble, got married, had a couple of kids. He had a marriage that was on the rock. Rocked every, every relationship he had was in turmoil and confusion because he had nothing in his life to let him know his own self-worth. He and his wife were on the verge of divorce. He had a work van and, and she had a car and one day they had to change vehicles for, for whatever reason. And, and, the, and the, the man that was telling the story said that he, his wife was in the van and, and she was trying to focus on where she was going and the radio was on so she just turned the radio off. And the next day when he got into the van his radio would not change stations. It stayed on one station. He said, what are you doing? What did you do to my radio? And she said, all I did was turn it off. And he said, well, I can't get it to change now. And the only station that it was on was K-Love. And he just tried to drive without any music, and no matter what he did, he couldn't get this, this radio to work. So he kept trying to, to get this radio to work, and, and, and it wouldn't change stations at all. So he finally started kind of listening to it. And he said his, his wife said after a few weeks, he, he, she heard him kind of humming some of the songs that were on K-Love. And a few weeks after that, he gave his life to the Lord. their marriage restored. And he decided to get rid of the van. So he sold it to his neighbor. And as when he sold it to his neighbor, uh, a couple of days later, he heard, he heard his neighbor listening to, radio, to the radio, and he, and he was able to turn all of their stations. He said, what did you do to the radio? He said, I didn't do anything to it. Five, six weeks later, the, the neighbor decided you know, I can't really afford the van, so he sold it back to, to him. He got in the van, and the radio would not change stations. It was on K-Love. A year later, he decides to just get rid of the van. It's old, it's done, it's finished. He sells it to a scrapyard, but takes out the radio because he wants to keep the radio. And when he takes it out, something fell out of the back that was in the connection that would help you turn the radio stations. And what fell out was one thin dime. You are valuable. And he has given us 
amazing opportunity to speak life and hope and let people know their value and self-worth to God. And it's our, not our obligation, but it's our privilege as we seek happy days and a good life to bless others. I'm going to ask our praise team to come, if they would. I want to challenge you this week. I want to challenge you as a, as a conclusion to this message. I want you to find five people that you can text and just send them words of affirmation. It doesn't have to be billowy or fluffy or but sincere. Think about those that are in your life. In particular, think about those that have despitefully used you or maybe have been critical and speak life. If you would do that, it's going to bless your life. It's the simple things we do that you are even unaware of. Uh, Nancy and I were in the, at Publix, everybody's favorite place to go, because you can spend lots of money really fast. And, and we were in line, and we'd been standing in line, and, and we were there, and, the, and the, the cash register quit working. And we just kept smiling. And the cash register didn't work. And eventually the cashier said, just move on over to this, next, to this next checker. And she grabbed our stuff and put it right there in front of this lady that had been waiting. So I felt kind of bad that she did that. But we didn't do it, but she did it. She just pushed us right in front of this other lady. And we noticed that the only thing she had was a sandwich and a soda. It looked like she was going to go to lunch. So I did what anybody in here would do. We just said, hey, would you just put our stuff on our tab? So you're, what's another $85? And the checker said something that just touched my heart. He looked at me and with a sincere face said, I can't believe that. You have restored my faith in humanity. You guys do that stuff all the time. I'm going to encourage you to intentionally find something to do this week not because you're wanting to get praise, but because you're wanting to inspire somebody. Five texts, write a card, a literal card, and put a stamp on it and actually mail it. And see what speaking life and hope not only does for others, but how it strengthens you.
Can you do that? 